Hey, gang, this is Sean from Rhode Island. And my question for you guys is, if you could put together the next horror versus movie, what would it be? I personally always wanted to see Chucky versus the Leprechaun. Thanks, Sean. I I have to admit, I just recently watched Freddy versus Jason. I watched it, I think, last Tuesday. We were trying to think of just something to watch, something to put on, whatever, like oh, Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever, like a few things got listed out there. I'm like, I haven't watched Freddy versus Jason for a while. And then I watched it. And I was like, you know what versus movie I'd really like to see next? Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> I'd like to see it redone. <laughs> I'd like to see it redone because, and Megan and Zena, you probably remember this. There was a ton of issues with this one being made, right? Not only the legal rights, but wasn't there a lot of script changes, multiple director so, changes? So mm-hmm. many iterations of it, yeah. Yeah, that, and it's it's a, a it's kind of rough on multiple viewings for me. Like the water part with Jason, like why he's afraid of water just for one specific scene and not the rest of the movie is very confusing to <laughs> me. Um, so I wouldn't mind re-seeing, or seeing that because I remember seeing it in the theaters and being really excited and not being disappointed in the theaters. It just, it hasn't held up great to me. Um, other than that, I was trying to think what would like Freddy versus Pinhead, but I'm like, oh, I don't even know how that would work. But then I thought, you know what? Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. We yeah. still need to see that. That would yeah. be cool. How about you, Megan? Uh, I went silly, which I guess kind of all of the the verses tend to be silly. They're all silly. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I just I just dialed it a little further. And I was like, what fun would it be if we had Psycho Gorman versus Ooh. the killer clowns from outer space? Ooh. That would be fun. Right? I, I That would be just bananas. Just this colorful space circus nonsense. <laughs> just galactic battle. Uh I want it. Um so you know just putting that out there, Stephen Kostansky, who doesn't listen, but if you do, you know, Psycho Gorman too, put them in the background somewhere. Um, Ooh, and then critters versus gremlins. I, space. that was my second one, but not gremlins. Ah. It was, uh, huh? critters versus ghoulies. Uh, I was, I'd see Ooh. ghoulies popped in there too, but I was like, aren't there only like four the... ghoulies or something? No, if you watch ghoulies too, there's a whole bunch of them and they're wreaking havoc uh. in a carnival. But I feel like oh. critters would probably win because they, they're more like just violent. Well, and they're smart. <laughs> they can fly a spaceship. Yeah. Well, so are ghoulies. They went to college. <laughs> that's true they did go to college see that's the one i'm thinking of is the ghoulies go to college one yeah they, they've evolved quite a bit it's like the first one they, they can barely crawl out of the toilet the second one they terrorized a carnival and then they go to college i mean they're on the up and up as that's the natural progression totally that's what you want your monsters they just get super evolved <laughs> yeah how about you xena Okay, so I have to admit, like this just happened. I just came up with it, but I, I would actually, <laughs> I would actually put together. Okay, these two characters, they're not technically horror, but I, I think it would be cool to see Dexter Morgan versus oh. Joe Goldberg from You. You know, so ah. it's just they're both like stalkers, kind of. But it's just kind of like I personally feel you guys didn't ask, but I have to tell you, I feel like Joe is just worse than Dexter yes, in my yes. opinion. Yeah, I mean, I so, already am rooting for Dexter in this mashup. Me too. Sorry, Joe. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> not sorry. Really, not sorry at all. 
as someone who has not watched you at all, but my wife has, I agree. (laughs) Because as we've established, I don't watch shows. I just ask what's happening as I walk (laughs) through the room. Yeah. All right. Next question is an email from Angie. Now that the world is inching back to normal, one thing I'm looking forward to is more events. The only convention I've ever been to is Dragon Con in Atlanta, which had a little horror presence, but not much. I'd love to know what horror-related events, conventions like Days of the Dead, Film Fest like Salem Fest, or other events like Universal Horror Nights, you recommend and why. What should I put on my bucket list as a horror fan? So I'm going to leave that up to you two because I don't do any events. You don't, like, at all? Uh, I mean... In Minnesota, there's not, I mean, I know that Minnesota has Anoka, which is the, the quote unquote Halloween capital of the world. And we've done like zombie pub crawls and stuff like that around Minneapolis and that, but I never really like, I'll, I love decorating the house. I love trick or treating. I love all this stuff that's around Halloween, Yeah, but I don't really go for the events for some reason. Maybe it's just lack of opportunity. Um, it's hard to say. So maybe if I went to more, I would suddenly be like, oh, yeah, like it would turn into like appointment television for me. Like, oh, yeah, I have to go see that. But I just haven't really been a part of that world. Mm, okay. How about you, Zena, as um, someone who has gone to Universal Horror Nights recently? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I like doing those spooky things. But honestly, I think it depends. And I think I, I think every horror fan should at least go to one horror convention just to experience it just to see if you like it or not and if you don't it's cool and I say this because it kind of just depends on um how you make it you know what I mean like it or or even why you're going are you going for like some horror items are you going for celebrities or you you know what I mean but anyway point is um I've been to a couple so I'll highly recommend the first one Spooky Empire in in Orlando that's the one I recently went to I always have a good time in that one and then also uh, Monster Mania. It, there's one in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, but they also um, go to Pennsylvania and Ohio. Also, Texas Frightmare Weekend, though I only went twice, but every, like, I just <laughs> rocked my life so hard. And, but I don't know, if you find yourself in Tampa for some reason, um, <laughs> there's a smaller <laughs> convention called Tampa Bay Screams. And that one is actually my favorite because there's probably like, hmm maybe I want to say like 25 to 30 like booths right and yeah and there's like celebrities that they had like every year they'll have like different different celebrities and stuff like that which is really it's more intimate you know what I mean and the lines aren't as crazy but I still also get my horror fix because they always have like a whole bunch of like vendors selling dvds or blu-rays or t-shirts or whatever the case may be so and you know Tampa has like a horror scene so there you go nice nice Megan, fill in, in some gaps here. I also second Texas Frightmare Weekend. Uh, there's a lot of conventions up north that I have not been to, but Texas Frightmare does have, like, the panels. But, uh, I mean, it's got everything you want out of your, your horror convention experience, including, like, everybody being super friendly. But I also mm-hmm. love that the guests kind of stay in the same hotel. Like, it's all in this one hotel. Mm. So, you know, I've been a, a few times, and I remember just riding up the elevator to my room with, like, Cheryl and Fenn and Jennifer Lynch. And, wow. You know, yeah, it's like, you can have this kind of experience. And you see the the guests, they're, since we're all in the same hotel, you know, they're at the bar. You can talk to them a lot after convention floors shut down and yeah, so it's it's a pretty cool experience. Um, and then obviously Halloween Horror Nights was already mentioned. Um, 
film festivals. I recommend genre festivals at least once. I mean, she mentioned Salem, but Telluride in Colorado is like right at fall and mountainous. That's gorgeous. Fantastic Fest is always a tried and true favorite. Just some kind of film festival experience. Look around. They're all over the world. Uh, Do it once in your life. It's also a bonding experience and you get to see cool movies. And then... Uh, another thing to keep an eye on, I'm being kind of generic because I feel like horror events, you can tailor to what your interests are and where you're located, but mm-hmm. keep an eye out for immersive experiences in the sense, not like a haunt, but like Blob Fest. They have that every year and it's set in the, the theater where the Blob was coming out, you know, and it's like this celebration or every year in Austin or technically outside of Austin, they do Jaws on the Water where you watch Jaws while you're floating in an inner tube and they have wow. divers that come oh, under. Oh, I've seen pictures of that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so like if you can find somewhere near you, look at Eventbrite's or whatever that has an immersive experience, I feel like that's a tick, you know, um, I'm always a sucker for visiting locations. This isn't really a event per se but just kind of a a bucket list you know like visiting the stanley hotel um Mm -hmm. they do do ghost tours and like halloween events which would make it more of an event or if you are in texas like i am uh you can visit all of the locations from the movies including eat where they originally like they turned the original house um into a cafe so you can eat that's so cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of like going across the board of all of these bucket list things that that might yeah, pick and choose what appeals most to you for your bucket list. I'm super bummed out. But right before COVID, I was in San Jose for work, and I didn't realize the Winchester Mansion was right there. Oh. And I didn't realize like till we were there, and I was like, that could have been a team building thing. That would have been amazing. <laughs> a friend of mine like uh those those um haunted bottles of vodka. Oh, we were yeah, about yeah. a couple of weeks ago one of them was rested in like an axe murder house in iowa and yeah. a friend of mine's like we should do a road trip down there i'm like we should we oh, should maybe maybe <laughs> maybe that's yeah. a thing live your life um, john live your life do it live it and it's funny because thinking about it, i know that there's at least one horror fest in minneapolis i think it's crypticon yeah um i think there might be more than one but all I imagine myself is going to those and being like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Like walking around and then leaving awkwardly but like they, I do pretty much any social don't gathering. You, you don't even, well, first of all, I think when you go to a, a convention, like horror fans are eager to kind of mm-hmm. Talk converse. To you you're, and... you're among your people. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you don't have to worry about being socially awkward because chances are somebody will talk to you anyways. Um, yeah. But other than like the vendors room where you buy stuff, there's like the panels and mm-hmm. you get to see all the fun panels and um, a lot of the convention goers, even like the guests are super chatty. Like there's there's a lot more to do than you would think. So at least go once in your life. Oh, maybe. <laughs> That's the best I can do. Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from YouTube channel and website Real Queen of Horror and her infinite love for the genre. Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. I realized last week I didn't say I'm John. I just rolled right on past. That was just a, it's just me. a third voice on the podcast. <laughs> it's me. It's I'm Mario of the podcast. <laughs> Peggy, you're Peggy. I am. You should just if start li- yelling out your name like John, like they do on Family Guy, <laughs> like the uh, 
the the weather guy, Ollie. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Just my little interstitials. And I'm John. <laughs> Let me move on. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So Zeno, it's been filling your heart this week. Last night in Soho that Woo! filled my life. Like, it's crazy. So it just came out Yay. this year. I checked it out in theaters. Um, an inspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. However, the glamour is not it is not at all what it appears to be. And the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something far darker. So this is very much a psychological horror thriller and I enjoyed every single minute of it. And I remember we kind of talked, was it either earlier this year? I mean, we talk every week, but earlier this year or the end of last year, and we were talking about movies that we were really looking forward to. And yeah. this one, it was, it's, it's one, it was one of them, you know? So, but yeah, I just felt like it has like a really cool story. Uh, there are two ladies in the forefront and they're like rocking their performance. The cinematography is completely just beautiful. And I really love the soundtrack. Um, and I know that there's like mixed reviews when it comes to this movie and stuff like that. And, but I don't know. I just feel like it was made for me. I know yeah. that I've never <laughs> met Edgar Wright or he never met me, but in my mind, he made this movie for me because it has all of the elements that I love. Uh, so, he yeah. totally made it for you. It's decided. Okay. Thank you. Confirmed. And that's, and that's the point of the podcast. The movie doesn't have to be for everyone, but if you love it, that's all that matters. Yeah, there you go. It's, it's for you. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I was like, seriously, by the end credits and stuff like that, I felt like I was just hypnotized. And lucky for me, I was telling this to, to Megan earlier when I went, you know, I went on a Friday, this past Friday to check it out. And I had the whole theater to myself. <laughs> it was phenomenal just being able to focus on that. Because, you know, sometimes if someone walks in and they're like, where's our seats? But they're whispering. And it's just like, you know, or they just start chatting. They're whispering. Yeah. Please. He said Soho. That's the movie's title. <laughs> yeah, like get out, get out, Sharon. But yeah, it was just, <laughs> it was just, it was really great. And honestly, I plan to actually go check it out again because I really did just en enjoy it. Like it was just one of those movies, and I couldn't look away. But yeah, um, I highly recommend it. There's a lot of subgenres wrapped up in this one, and um, if you want to watch something new, you know, why not check out this one or wait or check when it out. When you when you go back and watch it again, are you going to study how to make some newspaper dresses? I just might because that's, that dress that's the is opening. Fabulous. It's not a it's not a spoiler. It's not not at all. It's in the trailer, I believe, too. Oh, so is it? just okay. in case if someone tries to say, I don't know. You okay. spoiled a dress for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and then the second movie I checked out, rewatched Pet Cemetery Two from nineteen ninety two on Netflix. A teenage boy and his father moved to his recently deceased mother's hometown where they encounter the ancient Native American cemetery with power to raise the dead. And um, obviously this one did not have the emotional punch as the first one, but it still just showed like a different aspect of um, a family's loss. So, like this boy is just was so in love with his mother and he would do anything for her and just shows how far he would go. Plus Clancy Brown is in this. Yeah, so. enough said. Clancy Brown <laughs> He's is in, in this. Yeah. But yeah, That's I really love this need. movie. I love it. I love the first one, but I also really love this one. And I just feel like it's perfect for the spooky season. And I really needed something spooky. And it's, plus like the, uh, it is a Halloween movie. It's perfect. Like it just fits right in. There's potatoes. There's like, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a a lot, lot of craziness. 
That scene (laughs) It's a great scene. Okay, that's not a spoiler. I just said potatoes, but yeah. I I like that that's your selling point to people. Watch this movie because potatoes. And Clancy Brown. So that would make me watch it. But yeah. I've noticed um... a trend on this podcast of gravelly voiced actors in horror, be it Clancy Brown, Tony Todd, in my case, Lance Hendrickson. We all seem to be like, yeah, I'll watch a movie with them in it, of course. (laughs) Automatically. Great. Yeah. Clancy Brown eating mashed potatoes. Oh my God. There's so many (laughs) potato elements in this. I was talking about the potato truck scene. I know. I know. But I just. (laughs) Yeah. There's lots of potatoes. Now we know why there's a potato truck because he ate all the mashed potatoes. I'm going to make mashed potatoes tonight. So (laughs) I feel inspired, but no. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Check it out. And it's on Netflix, but again, it's like everywhere. It's really easy to find. Yeah. I watched <laughs> The Deep House. It is on Epics this Friday. And it is about a couple. They're urban explorers, or at least for sure the dude is, and his girlfriend kind of comes along. Um, the latest thing that they're looking for is this house that... You know, there's a whole backstory that it'll explain. I'm not going to do that. But they're looking for a house that's preserved at the bottom of a lake that's super hard to find. And they get there and realize there's way more to this house than meets the eye. It is the latest by Alexandra Bustillo and Julian Mori, who did Inside, who did Among the Living, um, the still unreleased stateside Livid. They've done lots of stuff. Um, and even Candisha on Shudder. But oh, cool. uh, so, yeah, this is essentially a underwater aquatic uh, haunted house movie. I really liked it. I do think that I will very well be in the minority. Um, the reason why is I think when people think of haunted houses, uh, they think of you know, things really, really overt supernatural elements, a steady progression, big scares, and there are clowns. Yeah. Yeah. There there <laughs> this is a lot more understated because of the technical uh <laughs> you know, all the safety precautions, how technical it has to be because they are underwater. They these are two divers. And uh the lead actor is not great. It he's He's kind of, he's also Mick Jagger's son, which is not why I, yeah. Um, But I do think like when you have to have two divers, they have to be experienced to pull this off. Um, That also leads to some probably like, you know, you have a very limited pool of options. No pun intended. Or maybe pun intended. I don't know. Um, well, it was like that uh, that that movie that was filmed entirely with like Navy SEALs. Yeah. It was like a fictional account. It's like. And they're soldiers, so the performance is going to be on par. Yeah. Um, So you have that that's probably going to drive people crazy. Um, But again, like everything's underwater. And there is some scary stuff. Like for me, underwater stuff freaks me out. I'm inherently drawn to it by nature. So I'm okay with it being like this kind of slow tour through this creepy underwater location. And the cinematographer is really well versed he he does underwater 
uh, cinematography all the time. So this movie is utterly gorgeous. Um, and seeing people move like these kind of underwater corpses and ghosts is so eerie. Like the underwater lends like a movement to them that just is like unsettling, even if it's not this super like poltergeist, you know? So I really liked it, but I do think that it's probably going to be a little too slow moving for people. Mm. And especially for people who have expectations of, of their work. Cause you know, you watch Candisha super mm -hmm. violent gore inside super violent gore. And that is not this. So mm. I do see a lot of people like there, there's my warning to you proceed accordingly. I personally really enjoyed this. I forget. Is Epix a streaming service? It is. Yeah. It's just there's so many of them. I think it's it like probably... a channel, honestly, like HBO is and it... Max. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Is it going to be available as like an Amazon rental or anything or YouTube? I think it's an Epics exclusive. Just an Epics. See, I'm probably going to check it out. Yeah. Like ever since you dropped the the news for this way back when. I yeah. I I'm so captivated by underwater haunted house. Same. I don't care yeah. if it's stilted. I'm gonna give them their money just because it never would have occurred to me. That's. So Oh, good. Yeah, and they went practical, and you know, it's like from a technical merit alone, like this movie is just utterly like impressive for me. So I can see right. this story. The story is a little simplistic by by the constraints, but it's just so impressive what they did. Practical. This is practical. So um, you're telling us to dive in? Huh? Dive in. Oh. <laughs> dive in at your own peril. Okay. Womp womp. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, and then, you know, it was Halloween. Halloween happened. Um, so I went with a kind of, I, I went with like a, a whole bunch of Halloween classics for me. So the one that I kind of ended the day with was Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. This was released in 2006. I watched it on Blu-ray. I did check. It doesn't look like it's streaming. It looks like you could rent it. Um, oh, it must have just been. It goes on. It goes on I feel like and it was off. on Tubi for a while. Yeah, it, I mean, you probably won't have to wait long because it's it tends to pop <sighs> up on streaming a lot. It just currently it does not appear to be. Um, to be, we're so punny today. So punny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you don't know what Behind the Mask is, it is uh, the next great psycho horror slasher. He's uh, that's Leslie Vernon, or at least he's aspiring to be the next great uh, horror slasher in the pantheon of the likes of like jason Voorhees and freddy krueger but he's allowed a documentary crew exclusive access to his life as he relays his plans of a night of terror in uh, the sleepy town of glen echo i adore this movie so 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 much that it is like a comfort watch for me i love how it plays with the tropes of slashers. I am positive we've talked about this movie before at least once on this show. Yeah, because you guys had me watch it. Yeah. Well, now I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. So listen to that episode because I agree. Because um, I signed it. But yeah, I this movie cracks me up every time. I I like how it starts as found footagey mockumentary and then goes conventional. I love how you get a new side of Robert England as the Ahab Loomis type. But yeah, I adore this movie. Yeah, of the meta horror movies out there, this is easily top three, if not top two. I mean, it's pretty neck and neck with Cabin in the Woods, Ooh. personally. Like, it's 
This one's, I mean, his training, just talking about, like, the cardio he does. Every time he says that, like, you got to be like a gazelle, I die. (laughs) So good. Yeah, so watch it. I didn't even watch it this week, and I'm telling people, watch it. Yes, yes, do it. Uh, What I watched this week is I started out finally watching 13 Fanboy. Yeah. Uh, I got a chance to watch a screener version of it, but it's also available for rental on Amazon. An obsessed fan stalks his favorite actors from the Friday the 13th films and beyond, mirroring his idol, Jason Voorhees. So this is a movie made by fans and actors of the franchise for fans and actors of the franchise. I think it's a, I think it's a, a very niche audience for this one. Um, because there are so many actors from past Friday the 13th movies, including Corey Feldman, who as probably the most recognizable person in the cast, maybe out, depending on who you ask outside Kane Hodder, I suppose, um, doesn't play himself. And he's the only actor in it who doesn't play himself. That's interesting. Yeah. It is weird. He plays basically just a sleazy producer. Huh. Um, and I'm almost positive there's a song early on in it, and I'm like, I think that's Corey Feldman singing, <laughs> which wouldn't surprise me if Corey Feldman also said, I'll be in the movie, but you have to have my song on the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. So this one, it's good. I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it as a Friday the 13th fan. I think you need to be a Friday the 13th fan to get into it Mm -hmm. because of the nods to the franchise and the actors and everything else. And speaking of horror conventions, like that's actually a big part of this because it's about a fanboy. So it's about these actors like dealing with their experiences with fans and having to deal with creepy stalker fans and ones that cross the line and things like that. And there are definitely some scenes where, okay. I'm not going to give anything away, but there's a couple of scenes where I'm like, okay, this is the scene that actor always wanted to have, but never got a chance to have because that of the character they played, et cetera. I thought it was good. It, it's from the same people who uh, created um, Never Hike in the Woods Alone, which I personally prefer um, to this, but I love the phone footage aspect of the runner who runs into Camp Crystal Lake or randomly to find Jason. But it's good. I enjoyed it. And I like people that are creating... I like fan. It's funny. I like really fan. Call it a fan film. <laughs> I was going to say, I like fan films, but I'm oh, like, okay. is this technically a fan film if it's also by the actors of the films? I kind of feel like it is at the same time. I don't know. It's doing in the rounds. I support it because I support horror creators and horror actors and everything else and the genre and the, and the, um, and the franchise itself. So check it out if it's available on Amazon. If it, it comes up screaming, I think it's doing some rounds at film festivals right now. So, yeah, 13 Fanboy. Awesome. And then I watched, and this one, I think, bloodydisgusting.com for, 1986's Trick or Treat on YouTube. And this one was revealed to me because there was an article that said, there was an article something along the lines of, so you've seen Trick or Treat, but have you seen Trick or Treat? And I was like, what? And I clicked on it, and I'm like, this sounds amazing. And I lucked out, and it's on YouTube. A bullied teenage boy is devastated after the death of his heavy metal idol, Sammy Kerr. But as Halloween night approaches, he discovers that he may be the only one who can stop Sammy from making a satanic comeback from beyond the grave. This 
there's so many things about this movie that I love, <laughs> including the single best performance, in my opinion, of Gene Simmons. Oh. Normally when I see Gene Simmons <laughs> on screen, I very much don't like him. <laughs> but him as just a radio DJ works. <laughs> he pulls it off. He just has a straight delivery. But this is a very this is a total satanic panic type movie. Ozzy Osbourne has a cameo in it playing a, a minister talking about like, oh, it's pure Satan. It's, it's just Satan. It's evil. They're just talking about fornicating and all this stuff. And it's just such a funny concept to me. How up in arms this country was over rock and roll music <laughs> and playing the song backwards and it's satanic and all this other crap. So it's kind of like looking at it in hindsight is how silly it is. And at the same time, it's got those horror movie kills and it's it's kind of got a theme like I don't see in a lot of stuff either. That as much as there are satanic panic films it kind of just hit a different chord for me. Like it felt more original and, but not in the same way. Like it was cliched, but cause I was going to say like, the only other one I could think of off the top of my head was like deathgasm. I'm like, it's nothing like deathgasm, but it's just like a kind of a teenaged angst. Like he feels alone. Turns out that his idol is actually was a psychopath who's basically turned into shocker. From beyond the grave and that you know rock and roll music is evil and can kill people etc it's kind of a mixed message at the end there actually um it was really fun though it's it's campy cheesy bloody pretty ridiculous over the top but just fun and it has so much charm it is in like that very specific like 80s sort of way Mm -hmm. it's just like it's trying, but it's not trying too hard at the same time. Like they had a, a solid idea and they went with it that, I don't know, maybe I'm the sort of person who enjoys that, who looks back on it. Like there's odd nostalgia watching it. Like that's awesome. That's a perfect movie for it to sum up that time. I tend to be a sucker for heavy metal horror. So it's like... it, it works. Like there's just, especially in the eighties, like at that time of like Tipper Gore, like freaking out about like rock music and like needing to ban like lyrics and D Snyder going before Congress and just schooling everybody. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's just so funny that people are so up in arms about the evils of rock music. It's like, come on. I love that scene with the, uh, the headphones it just melts on her ears. Yeah, like there's some good kills in it. Like yeah. there's some surprising ones in this. Um, but oh, yeah, and, and sorry, <laughs> it's okay. You said her. You don't know. True. Who? It, Who am very, I talking yeah. about? And I and I didn't expect her to have that happen to her. Like that's the point. Okay, it's kind of a bait go. and switch, you know. <laughs> it also has one of the kind of earlier pioneers of the post-credit scene. It's just a minor one, but it cracks me up every time. That's true. So you got to keep watching. Yeah. So that was, that's Trick or Treat, 1986. It's available on YouTube that I could find. And then finally, this was actually a Megan and Xena kind of pick because I got totally confused about what to watch. Like come the weekend, I'm like, there's too many options. I don't know what to watch. And the rec- and I think it was Megan recommended 2021 Censor on Hulu. After viewing a strangely familiar video nasty. 
Enid, a film censor, sets out to solve the past mystery of her sister's disappearance, embarking on a quest that dissolves the line between fiction and reality. This is another thing that I am so captivated by video nasties, too. Like, there's a documentary I was watching on it a while back, too, and it's just like, what people thought was going to be the downfall of civilization. <laughs> Horror movies and rock music? Like, that was the problem? Oh, I get it. You guys were looking in the wrong direction. I see what the problem was. So this one, it, it's, fasc it's fascinating. The character isn't who I thought, especially as a video nasty censor, as I've interpreted in my head, knowing about video nasty. So for those of you who don't know, video nasties, specifically over in England, like you couldn't watch The Evil Dead because they were banned. Like they just started banning horror movies because of content. You know, people who, you know, passing familiarity with horror movies, they might think like Cannibal Holocaust, stuff where the director was actually sued because they thought people were dying, et cetera. But it got way more specific. Like there are movies on that list that you couldn't watch for like decades because the censor boards over in Europe decided, nope, this is detrimental to the people. It's going to cause copycats. It's going to break down the fabric of society, et cetera. So it was impossible to find these films. And a lot of them didn't even show up to like the 2000s again. It was just insane. So the concept is, is that the main character is a woman who's responsible for this. But she actually seems to want these movies to exist in her own way. She's just like, okay, there's eyeballs being slashed. We probably can't show all that. <laughs> we probably can't show genital <laughs> mutilation. Like she actually is trying to trim down the movies instead of outright ban them. But it gets complicated for her life and her past and everything else. And I don't want to reveal spoilers as to what goes on afterwards. So Megan, I'll just say this, not as spoilers. The end of it was so good. This is why I recommended it because this is your jam. This is the, I will not hold your hand type of movie. It's, it won't hold my hand. And yet there's microsecond flashes at the end. Oh my God. That's so good. Like you didn't just like give it away. Like you gave a little bit of a, ah. but that was it. <laughs> so good. And, ah. Just, ah. yes, this it's the movie doesn't hold your hand. It's, it's not, it's not forcing exposition on you beyond maybe what you need. Like there's a lot of confusion. There's twists and turns. You're not quite sure what's going on, you know, past about the halfway point, honestly, but it, it ends really, really well in a way that I love movies to end as Megan would say, not holding my hand. Um, but kind of just give me a peek. Just give me a little <laughs> peek that actually helped me. It hit harder, you know, unlike as I was talking about last week, without broadcast single and signal intrusion where there was no absolutely no hand holding at the end where it's kind of like I'm not sure what I saw this one does something really fascinating at the very end that you guys are just gonna have to watch for yourself on Hulu sensor on Hulu um just these tiny flashes that I think are perfect that line between holding someone's hand and giving them a hint of what's actually going on it made me very happy so thank you for that Megan you're welcome Okay, before we move on, what are we watching? How do we watch it? Last night in Soho in theaters, and then Pet Cemetery Two on Netflix. The Deep House on Epics as of Friday, and Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon on Blu-ray. I'm like, that's it. That's all. 
And I watched 13 Fanboy as a screener, but it's also available on Amazon. Uh, Trick or Treat on YouTube, O-R, not just R, 1986. And 2021 Censor on Hulu. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Uh, so The Witch and The Lighthouse by director Robert Eggers. Between those two, people are super jazzed to see what he's going to do next. And it has a new release date. The movie is a Viking revenge film titled The Northman. Uh, Focus Features was set to release The Northman in theaters on April 8th, 2022, but it's gotten a slight bump to April 22nd, 2022. Uh, So, yeah, the uh, Witch and Lighthouse director Eggers, The Northman, stars Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe, and Bjork. That is an epic freaking cast, if I ever heard one yeah. uh the northman is an epic revenge thriller that explores how far a viking prince will go to seek justice for his murdered father it is directed by eggers who also co-wrote the screenplay with icelandic poet and novelist son who also is the co-writer behind the most recent 824 movie lamb uh producers mm. are lars nudson mark huffam and new regency so yeah, I am super pumped and we can if anything, we can expect it to be very period accurate. Mm-hmm. Because that's yeah. that's what he does. Yeah. Um and then hailing out of Spain, Paco Plaza is back with his next horror offering, La Abuela, which is grandmother. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be yet another in a long line of elderly-themed horror that we have recently, like Taking of Deborah Logan, Dementia and Relic which is not a problem for me. Uh, In the film, (laughs) Susanna must leave her life working as a model in Paris and return home to Madrid after she learns that her grandmother, Pilar, who raised her as her own after her parents died, had a cerebral hemorrhage. Uh, When she returns home, Susanna attempts to find a long-term caretaker for Pilar, but what should be just a few days ends up becoming genuine nightmare after Susanna notices Pilar starts to act strangely. So if you don't know who Paco Plaza is, he is the co-director behind the Wreck, uh, well, Wreck 2 and Wreck, and then he was the solo director for Wreck 3, which we love, and uh, Netflix's Veronica. So yeah, uh, we love Paco Plaza on this we podcast. Do. There's no word on a US release date yet, but Sony yeah. is going to be releasing it internationally. Uh, and the international trailer recently popped up, so you can take a look at that now. There are no subtitles, but you don't really (laughs) need... I didn't know what was going on. I just turned (laughs) the volume off. I'm like, all right, I'll just watch it. Yeah, I don't think you really need the... I mean, you get a pretty clear picture. It's like, she's a model. She's got to go. Grandma's acting creepy. The end. Mm -hmm. I'm hooked. So, (laughs) inject it into my eye holes. Uh, and then, uh... Key and Peel. They are teaming up with Henry Selleck, the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline. They are oh. coming um, next year. Brand new stop motion movie, Wendell and Wilds. It's going to be a Netflix movie. And oh. Netflix it officially. Cool. It does. And Netflix, they gave a tease on social media uh, last week about it. Uh, mm-hmm. So Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peel star in a tale of the hellishly funny demons of a teen named Cat. So, 
uh, Selleck, who's directing, he co-wrote it with Peel. And yeah, we don't know when Wendell and Wilde is coming to Netflix, but it will be in 2022. You can find a sneak, ple- a sneak peek online. And then if uh, you looked at it on social media, if you look it up on social media, they also had a short teaser video, like the Netflix account, that was Cat's Punk Playlist with free radio beats to chill slash summon demons. So, you know, this looks like a fun movie that's in the same vein like i love this kind of stop motion gateway horror type stuff um so yeah it looks really cool i think that's it and i on the other hand am wildly unsettled by stop motion <laughs> Are so you? i'm very torn because i love key and peel <laughs> so i'll watch it and i might be mad at myself for watching the that. long list of like things to unsettle john because i definitely thought of you i had a piece last week uh, uh-huh, on candy man did you actually look or did I you did. just oh okay i'm no, sorry no i did didn't feel good about myself <laughs> yeah it's a real bad trypophobic inducing uh, imagery okay so my list as far as i know fast twitching is Fast twitching, which Pulse. I which I account for fast twitching and stop motion, I I count as the same thing. Really? No, no. Yeah, we fast can't. twitching we is can't. basically stop motion. No. Yeah, because well, Tool did the same thing in their music videos, so they did twitchy as stop motion. But so I, I think as of the same like thing. fat fast twitching as like the, like he- the like heads and House yeah. on Haunted Hill, which is not uh-huh. the same thing as like I Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Still counts. Same Still thing. count. No, you just I'm want gonna... your list to be shorter than it is. I sure do. Well, wait, you also also on and that I list holes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, Tri- I have cryptophobia. Um, Honeycomb's don't bad. Like... No, no, no. Oh no, no, no. Uh, anything involving like high school kids and high school angst, I'm usually out. Which oddly enough, trick or treat still worked for me. Um, but that was still rough. There was some rough scenes in trick or treat. That poor kid. Didn't feel bad for some of those deaths. Did we miss any um, listeners? Call in. Let us know what John's yeah. trauma is. <laughs> we'll get to that. All right, listeners, your turn. <laughs> Think John forgot some things that bought or unsettled him in horror? <laughs> Personally can't wait to see all the things that will unsettle him in the future? Let's hear about it. The number is 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier and the sea of horror movie options and clue us on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? Well, we actually have some really cool movies coming out this month, and I'm happy to un... I was going to say to un-something. I'm happy to share. <laughs> okay, so... Unveil. Yeah, I was going to say that, but then I, then my brain's like, no, don't say that. That ever happens to you? No, Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. So the first movie it actually came out Monday, the first today. Sleep. It'll be available on Arrow. A woman plagued by a horrific dream suffers a breakdown in a remote village. As her daughter follows, she comes upon a well kept family secret and an old curse that ultimately threatens her life. A never ending nightmare. That one actually looks pretty cool. I was looking at some of like the screenshots and stuff like that, and that's available now on Arrow. Woo. Then on Tuesday. The second, we have two movies coming out. Um, do you like fungus? Because if so, the spore may be for you. It will be available on VOD. <laughs> Sorry. I don't like looking at the gills on the underside of mushrooms. Does that count? There you Is go. that you, another you thing? Check this out. Lines it's and holes. Trip- it's the same thing as tryptophobia. It's it's the uneven patterns. Oh, okay. 
It's it's just unsettling. I'm not scared of them. I just don't like looking at them. I just want to rip them out. Anywho. So the spore, um, there's basically 10, tra- 10 strangers who intersect through a terrifying chain of events as mutating fungus begins to spread through a small town, wiping everyone out. Everyone out who comes in contact with it. And then we also have um, Night at the Eagle Inn. That one will be available on VOD as well. Twins spend a hellish night at a remote inn. Their father disappeared um, the night that they were born. Mm. Yeah, that the poster looks cool for that one. I didn't watch the trailer, but the poster looks snazzy. And then on the third, Wednesday, Marionette, hoping for a fresh start, a child psychiatrist moves to, a Scot- moves to Scotland after losing her husband in a tragic accident. She soon begins treating a mysterious 10-year-old boy whose horrific drawings seem to predict the future. Ooh. Okay. And then Thursday, the 4th, we have Dead and Beautiful. It will be available on Shudder. A group of young and spoiled rich kids turn into vampires after a night out, changing the course of their lives and driving a wedge between them all. So I actually checked this movie out earlier today, and it was pretty cool. It kind of reminded me of, um, dang it, what's the name of that movie? It was just at the tip of my tongue, and then it left. It's, it's Okay, there's that song, A Bittersweet Symphonies in it. Maybe the 90s, late 90s. I know the song, but I can't think of a movie. Yeah, it's like a thriller movie. Reese, Reese, Reese Witherspoon was in it. She's in it. Um, Ryan Phillips. Oh, oh uh, Cruel Intentions? Thank you. I was, thank oh. you. I was <laughs> yeah, so it kind of has like a touch of that in there, but it's with vampires. So, And the cinematography is pretty cool. So if you like a little drama in your life with vampires, you may enjoy that one. And then last, on the 5th, the Friday, the Friday, on Friday, the Deep House. The will be Friday. available on Epics. <laughs> the Friday, Epics. <laughs> and Megan highly recommended it. You need to dive in. Dive in. With contingencies. <laughs> you know, it, it could be your jam or it can't be. I'm very curious. But, we haven't seen anything. I mean, it's fine if you don't like it, but it's just we haven't seen anything like that. So yeah. we have to appreciate the originality of the concept. Yeah, and even nothing the, the else. technical, like just to bring that to life. You can't. Yeah, it's just that alone is amazing mm-hmm. for me. Agreed. And last, if you don't want to pick, we also have Bloody Disgusting TV. It's available. Bloody Disgusting. You don't have to choose. You just put it on. There you go. Treat yourself. Live your life. And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly, once again, horror narration podcast, Creepy. Sleep is awesome. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John! (laughs) The end! (laughs) I'm not following that up. I'm Megan! Rasp it out. We got we gotta go. I'm Megan! I'm Zena! <laughs> Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. <laughs> oh, I started sweating there. <laughs> Thank you.
Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. 